everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Genre Equality. I'm Hitzer. I'm Hadi. I'm Aisa. Uh, this month, we don't actually have that much to talk about, but there are some really big things that popped up in January 2020, the first month of the year, which we'll be covering. Um, lots of cool DC stuff, um, of course. CW's Arrowverse, Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover just concluded with mm-hmm. a two-parter. Uh, we'll be talking about Bahali Quinn animated series mm. on the DC Universe app, which has been uh, one of me and Hardy's highlights as well. Uh, of course, the creators of uh, Sherlock, uh, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatsis, uh, have a new show about Dracula. A mini series, I think. I don't think it will be continuing. No, I don't think so. It's a little sad, though. Huh? Yeah, which yeah. Is which is which is a good show as well. Yeah, and yeah. and for quick hits, I'll be running through a bunch of uh, good and some not so good stuff like Doolittle. Oh, oh. Yeah, I know. Oh, 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 I, know. I oh. almost want to spend a lot of time talking about that because it's quite bad. It's so bad. But we we should probably spend more time talking about the, the good, good stuff, stuff yeah. right? <laughs> the recommended stuff. Yeah, and and of course, um, Aisa was uh, on location. We sent him uh, uh, yeah. to Japan to, to Japan to cover <laughs> the My Hero Academia Heroes Rising uh, mm. premiere over there. Yeah, uh, it's not available yet in Singapore. Uh, no, it will be out in March. Mm. It'll be out in March. Yeah. Okay. okay, I went cool. over to Japan after that to to recon also. Oh, did you watch it as well? No. Okay, <laughs> you watched it already. <laughs> well, consider this an early preview review, yes. yeah. and then you can guys, you guys can go watch it online or in Singapore cinemas in March. Mm. Uh, but first, let's kick it off with uh, the latest Arrowverse crossover mm. I think it's been their fifth one so far yes. Yes. it's called uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, inspired by the iconic comic of the same name mm-hmm. uh, it represents probably the largest scale crossover that uh, the CW has ever attempted um, or anyone has ever attempted uh, yeah yeah. Uh, I mean more, more so more than else, even yeah. like Marvel or anything like yeah, that because right? of all the many shows involved and all the other the characters 40-50 years of history that they yeah. tied in together yeah, that's uh, cool. yeah. Uh, so the crossover actually started last month in December yep. uh, with the first three parts and recently concluded with the final two parts um, mm-hmm. going just beyond the CW shows Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman yeah. this five part event incorporates other DC movies shows and titles like Black Lightning mm. uh, Tom Welling's Smallville mm-hmm. uh, Tim Burton's Batman movies mm-hmm. <laughs> the 1966 uh, Bird Ward and Adam West Batman series uh, Brandon Roof's Superman Returns which is technically the same Superman as Christopher Reeve's uh, Superman, Superman yeah. because you know that is a sequel that's his return yeah so yeah. That, the Superman that Brandon Roof is playing is Christopher Reeve yeah right uh, and lots of other things uh, uh, the, the DCEU la. the DCEU with Ezra Miller's uh, Flash cameoing yeah. uh, Superman Kingdom Come uh, featuring Kevin Conroy as Dead Wolves Batman, mm. uh, the mm. voice of Batman in animated series, as most people would know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the even small shows like the WB, WB's Birds of Prey series from yes. like the early two thousands, oh, yep. I believe. Yep. Uh, they have DC Universe shows like Doom Patrol, Titan, Stargo in it. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern, the nineties Flash TV show, which is actually a pretty regular thing that the Flash Back does. The day, yeah. 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 I mean the. <laughs> No, no, the Flash itself does it also. Correct, yeah, John Wesley yeah. ship, right? Using yeah. the using the the old footage to... Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it has been a constant from the first season of Flash. Yes, yes. Yeah, John Wesley yeah. ship. So that one is not exactly a new thing. La. Yeah. Uh, we also have Lucifer in there as well. A cameo, yeah. Yeah, uh, even a cameo from All New Super Friends. Uh, all New Super Friends, our cartoon. <laughs> uh, because there's a mention of Gleek at the end. Yeah, which yeah. I said in as well. 
Uh, and of course, you know the the biggest shocker of all was Ezra Miller, which is the one that they didn't reveal. <laughs> that was so good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's insanity, and it's a lot of uh, fan service and and moving parts. Um, yeah. So what what do you think about the crossover after seeing it? For, like what you just said, right? So it feels so massive, right? Mm. But they did it in relatively tight a uh, tight way. Like you, it, the the story had a really good flow throughout. There was this main story that you followed through the five uh, episodes, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the 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 little side stories that they, they, the, the teams took like you know trying to get Oliver back and then uh, the other teams that are doing uh, they, I, I, it was clever of them to split it into smaller sections and units la, mm. and each of them doing independent stuff all towards the same goal of saving the freaking in the what multiverse lah. That's mm. what uh, Infinity War did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So small, smaller groups. Smaller groups and all. Yeah, it, again, it was clever to do that lah, so that you know you didn't have too messy of a uh, Not every everybody had enough screen time. Everybody mm. had enough. Uh, there was enough fan service. Yeah, fan service. It was a lot of fan service lah. To be fair, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, uh, standouts to me right was actually like Batwoman. Mm. Like I felt that this was her best performance. As bad woman mm, because her show thus far cl- yeah exactly yeah her yeah. show her show like un un unabashedly like it's terrible it's, terrible. Like, it's a terrible show so this was really yeah. a good run for bad woman because bad woman only works with Supergirl they have really good chemistry together yes 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 yeah. yes so that I I enjoyed that uh, tremendously for me and mm. I really just enjoyed this uh, five parts it really gave a lot of I felt very satisfied at the end of it lah right? okay yeah. okay. Um, yeah, I thought the crossover was fun. Uh, lots of mind-blowing moments because mm. a lot of chemists you didn't expect it. Yes, exactly. Um, I like that they actually differentiated Titans and Doom Patrol as different universes. Correct, yeah. Because we actually saw Doom Patrol in Titans, in Titans. but they were a different Doom Patrol yeah. and they were trying to kind of explain why the Doom Patrol show didn't follow that dynamic. Different Earths. Okay lah. <laughs> like, even, even small things like that that Arrowverse tried to clarify, right? Yeah. Uh, but I also think that this particular crossover is the weakest of all the yes. Arrowverse crossovers. It... it I, I didn't like it lah to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, it, it buckles under the weight of its ambition and sometimes the emotional. A lot of the emotional beats don't land. Mm. Oliver dying three times. I mean, that didn't get. I, 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 I didn't I, get I didn't, that also. I, I, I got me the first time lah. Yeah, no, yeah. Came back, but the second again, and, and then the third one again. Yeah. Uh, so unnecessary. Um, yeah. The characters we know and love aren't service in order to include so many other cool cameos from DC's long histories of movies and TV shows. Okay. Uh, I think it's an incredible collection of goosebump-inducing moments. Yes. Yeah, uh, there's an abundance of them, but it doesn't cohere in a, as a story in the same way as the previous crossovers have done, like Crisis on Earth X mm. or Invasion or, th- or things like that, you know. The way the story jumps from plot point to plot point to plot point with no rhyme or reason, and we just along for the ride because we know it's going to be fun, yeah. has its value. Yeah. But uh, this this is weird. Like, it, it actually reminded me, because I was watching yesterday, it reminds me of, of a Royal Rumble. <laughs> uh, where where I I pop for surprise entrance from different promotions okay, or yeah, yeah, long yeah. long lost legends you know things like that but as a match like a rumble or battle royal never quite works on its own mm-hmm. it's just like a collection of cool goosebump moments like. yeah, yeah. and crisis takes a lot of narrative shortcuts to give us those fan service moments which in the end don't matter because uh, Doom Patrol or Lucifer or or Brandon Roo Superman all or, or even Ezra Miller like w- wouldn't it have been cool if Ezra Miller's Flash actually gave a bit of advice or push the for- story forward rather than hey cool your costume is like but that's uh, all they wanted forfeiting. or that's all they could do you see right, you know. yeah so it, it's stupid yeah. right? like don't include cameos if you have nothing for them um, cr- actually there was a lot of that yeah correct yeah, correct. yeah um, it, it kind of bogged down my overall enjoyment of this as wild okay. and as fun as it is um, I love what they gave us but I also hate how it was accomplished um, so it gave me everything I wanted to see 
but it also it was also very done in a in a slipshod manner, lah. I felt. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, I really had a lot of fun with this. Mm-hmm. For the f- five episodes, I really had a lot of fun. Um, but I do agree that it is the weakest of the crossovers, lah. Mm-hmm. But um, apart from like you know Oliver's multiple deaths, which you you covered already. Yeah, I mean, he uh, came back as Spectre. And then like later he. But he sacrificed himself, himself to, to um, destroy the anti monitor. And also streamline all the CW shows as Into a prime. One one Earth lah. A, a prime, prime which la. is what the comic did as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Make it easier, no? Uh, I mean, I like the formation of the new Justice League with Black Lightning in yep. it as well. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, that kind of stuff was cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I I don't know. I didn't. F- it didn't have like the 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 emotional moments that previous crossovers had, lah. Because it's smaller. Yeah. It's more intimate. Yeah. You see, this was more wide spending. Like like when, like when Victor Garber died, say in like invasion, right? Mm. Like like you know, I had like cry That's moments and things man. like that, lah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to think that the foundational pillar of of this franchise, Oliver Queen, yeah, you know, dying like left no impact. Yeah. It's a bit sad, lah. Yeah. So the first the first death should have been and be done with it, you know, mm-hmm. and just move on from there. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they wanted to milk it out a bit more. Like it, it worked as a shocking death. Like oh fuck, yeah. Oliver Queen died in the first part. You know yeah. what we're we gonna do next, lah? And then he came back immediately afterwards, it's which kind of negated the first death, lah. I and mean, he went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then subsequently, every other death, you're like, oh, I don't believe this anymore. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like the whole Lazarus pit and then getting his soul back. That 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 story arc to me was unneeded, lah. Mm. But then you see, because these things exist, right? Wouldn't it be logical for those people to actually, you know, do that mission? Yeah, you know, no, like it wouldn't because they've tried several times. Sarah Lance, for example, is the one who cautioned against it. The one who actually went into the spirit and came out different. Yeah. It was only Oliver's daughter who wanted to do it because yeah. she's never she's never she's experienced, never experienced it before. The yeah, 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 yeah. But they know that it exists, ma. Mm. And then of all the universes, this is the last Lazarus Pit ever. Well, they be, they were like limiting universes. Who was the who was the cowboy by the way? Jonah Hex. He was, <laughs> he's been on Legends like several times. He, I forgot. He's a big part of some of the seasons, actually. Yeah, I totally, yeah. totally blanked on. I was like, I know this guy, but I can't remember who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember. But I, he's I, not our Jonah Hex. It's a Jonah Hex from a different from universe. a different universe, lah. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it doesn't like uh, because he was beaten so easily by Sarah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like our Jonah Hex, I guess it's stronger, lah. So they they, they, <laughs> they kind of like uh, um protected uh use resting term uh, our Jonah Hex. Our Jonah Hex. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, I still enjoyed it. I I mean, if I rate this uh five episodes, I'll give it about six point five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it a uh, a five out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Still pass. Still still a bad bad pass. Bad pass. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, compared to the sevens or the eights that previous uh, crossovers have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit disappointing, lah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, we'll be moving on to uh, Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss's Dracula. Dracula, yes. Um, wow. Um, I, I, I didn't I didn't expect to nope. quite enjoy this as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah. Um, it's a if you don't know, it's a new three part mini series. Uh, from obviously Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Um, it is on Netflix, right? Yes. And yes. also in. Except in Britain, which is on the BBC. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, on, but yeah. in the rest of the world is, is Netflix. Netflix. So you can watch it now right now if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's it's quite a bloody delight uh, for the most Aww. part. Uh, <laughs> it's very funny. It it's is. quite witty. It's gross and scary with just the right dose of um, silly camp yeah. factor into oh, it. Oh, the camp factor. Yeah, 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 yeah so important. it was entertaining and a smartly written twist on a classic horror story mm. uh, that enjoys paying homage to past iterations while also 
trying its best to subvert every trope it has. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are you know the the spooky labyrinth castles and the grotesque body horror, but these are the writers of Sherlock we are talking about here. So they like to have fun with their quippy dialogue, you mm. know, and and the many layered twists. Yeah. Uh, for better or for worse, Sherlock mm. is a very twisty show. Uh, some of the twists make sense, some of them not. Uh, yeah. and and Dracula kind of echoes that as well. Yeah. All the all the strengths and weaknesses of Sherlock is here. Yeah. Too. Okay. Um, yeah. the most. Obvious masterstroke, I think, is the casting of unknown actor Clive Bang, oh, uh, who so is good. absolutely magnificent as so a titular vampire. Yeah. Um, playing him with um a diva bombast yeah, kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, like a rock star, very yeah. different from other uh Dracula's we've seen in the past. Yeah. Um, playing opposite him is Dolly Wells, as sister Agatha. Won't we'll, spoil who she is, but she is um a, a briefly unflappable and jaded nun. Yeah. Uh. Right, yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, who, that's, cannot, you cannot yeah, say yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who proves to be, I guess, a surprisingly formidable antagonist for mm. Dracula. Yes. How is a nun able to defeat Dracula? Yeah. Uh, naturally, um, Sister Agatha has a whopper of a secret. Uh, mm. the Dracula and Sister Agatha dynamic is a great remix of the Moriarty and Sherlock dynamic, and yes. it's fireworks. As is this whole show, yeah. Um, so I promise, no matter how familiar you are with the source material, you will be surprised by how Moffat and gets his spin familiar elements into something completely new. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've seen Dracula's myth, mythos deconstructed, a lot, and, and 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 reconstructed, but I've never seen it reinterpreted, reinterpreted and reconstructed in such a unique manner as such as this. I mm-hmm. think it's the first time I've ever seen someone do something like this. Yeah, that explains Dracula's psychology and physiology in a fresh way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you guys think about it? It was an easy watch, man. I yeah. watched all three episodes on the flight back to Japan. The flight from back Japan. To, from Japan. Nice. Yeah. And I was just entranced the whole time. I was just watching. I was like, "Holy shit! This is crazy." Yeah. Um. I was wow, so many spoilers. <laughs> so many things I want to say is all spoilers, actually. Well, rather than like saying the details or the spoilers, yeah. maybe. But say what I enjoyed when you watch the spoilers, yeah. What I enjoyed, uh, was just the pacing was really tight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed how uh, the acting of Dracula was like what you said on yeah, point. Like, right? that guy so was, good. And her, her, the foil, you know, Sister Agatha, that is such a perfect foil for him. Um, that one episode, okay, like episode on the ship. Mm. Yeah. Those characters, I mean, it's like, can I just say it's a murder mystery kind sure, of thing? Yeah, like? yeah, yeah. yeah. There's plenty of mystery. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a murder mystery kind of thing and how like, it it felt like they were playing a game lah, you know, and I felt I was just like part of that game, and I was like, oh my god, who is the you know, who is the quote unquote killer lah, the. the <laughs> <laughs> but I still felt the suspense. I was like, is there another killer? No, the 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 mystery was wasn't who the killer. Yeah, but, but who was in the room? Who was in the cabin? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, who was in the room the whole time? I was like, who was in the room? Yeah. Um, yeah, that episode I felt was the best episode for me. Uh, just because um, they kept that suspense going throughout the entire thing. Yeah, and an hour worth of like yeah. <laughs> right, and at the climax of it all, it was, it was a good payoff, lah. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there no spoilers, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from someone, I think you're of the member of this crew who like was almost, almost. accidentally always always gives away spoilers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you're like, oh, are we in the spoiler section? <laughs> I say no, this, this show has no spoiler section. I know, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. you did a good job here. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, that 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 for me lah was yeah. uh that that showed the real strength of this series lah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, how about you, uh, Isa? Oh, I I really enjoyed this, but I can see how a lot of people who aren't uh used the way that that 
I mean, it is unabashedly uh, an inheritor of the way that Sherlock is done, yes. right? So yes. all his strengths and all his weaknesses, Sherlock isn't for everyone, I think. Yep. But at the same time, like the way that they weave in certain storytelling mechanics into Sherlock makes a lot more sense than applying it to Dracula per se, yeah. right? Uh, and I do feel like, for example, my brother didn't didn't quite like it as much as I did. I think the first episode is a bit difficult for people who aren't used to that kind of like storytelling. Um, method yeah. right like with the false narrator and like the hazy memories and all of that uh, um, one of the most popular vampire narrators interview the vampire that, it's that, exactly yeah. like that yeah but like in this day and age with True. the kind of like vampire stories that we have or even the horror stories that we have that so many of them or a large part of them are very straightforward right mm. they're there to shock you so the fact that the whole series kind of unveils itself as a kind of well, murder mystery right mm. and the fantastic dynamic between um, Dracula and, and sister Ag- Agatha is something that I don't know if a lot of people um, were expecting mm. and therefore may not necessarily have liked because that kind of that feedback came uh, to me from several sources. Okay. Uh, but on the whole, I really enjoyed it. Like, this is something that we uh, we, we knew going in, right? Since the guys that did Shalong did this. Mm-hmm. Um, love the, a lot of uh, twists and turns which I really enjoyed a lot, uh, yeah. a lot of uh, very big reveals that you kind of saw coming but like never in the way that mm. you that it was completely revealed for and also some of them make sense some don't so yeah it's exactly Sherlock yeah, it's, yeah it's very Sherlock that way I do feel however that um, uh, they have uh, they have projected kind of like their, they want they wanted so much to put their own spin of it that um, the whole trying to step away from the mythos and um, uh, the mythos of Dracula, right? Mm. Uh, vampires in general, and trying to unpack that into a lot more like, I guess, sciencey or f- uh, philosophical. They're trying uh, to mind hunt it, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. Uh, I don't know if that worked satisfactorily for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, to be fair, it actually reminds me a lot of Mind Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean. Agatha is the detective. The detective, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your profile? What is you? What is you? <laughs> yeah, what is you? <laughs> what is you? You know, and kind of like packing that onto her own kind of search for God, right? Yeah. Uh, was mm. interesting in the beginning, but it kind of fell short at the end. At the third episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. the third episode. First episode so was I, really I strong. do feel like um, definitely the second episode, so the second act was definitely the strongest mm. uh, and the most enjoyable out of everything. Uh, I would like to see more, but I can see how it's kind of neat within its own kind of world building, mm. which is fine. Um, but yeah, overall, really enjoyed it, and I, I would recommend it for sure. Um, from what I heard, uh, Moffat and Getzis are planning to a series, not not of Dracula, but yeah. of uh, classic horror characters, That's you know, like amazing. Frankenstein, Mummy, etc. That they mm. want, they will try to Sherlock it up uh, with all these different characters. Okay, yeah. How 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 long do you think they can do that before we get tired of it? I don't know. I don't know. I, I got I got tired of Sherlock after two seasons. Mm, yeah. So they have a limited. Well, they just announced season five. Yeah Right yeah, yeah. So we'll see where that goes the, the value of Sherlock Is that it only comes back Every three or four years So they actually have time To like think of new stories Yeah which is great But like season and 4 And to do a really good planning Of what they want to You know the revelations and the, Yeah you know. Which is great But season 4 was weak Like was, Sherlock yeah. season 4 Was really yeah. really weak yeah. And we waited a long time for that Yeah and I was so disappointed By that it came out But I mean like Dracula seems to be A breath of fresh air I can kind of think I can kind of understand How it will work for Frankenstein But I'm not sure How you will continually Use the same formula And keep reapplying yeah. it Yeah mm-hmm. Anyway Dracula is done I think I think this is the only season Yeah yeah. yeah. Hey, I hope so yeah. Yeah. yeah So we'll see But still There oh. is a there is a Sherlock reference In uh, Dracula also like, When Sister Agatha re- Referenced uh, Her detective friend In yeah. uh, London <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, the show, I think much like Sherlock, is kind of a case of diminishing returns. Like, it, they throw out their best shots early and then uh, sort of guessed badly at the end. Uh, mixed back final episode, probably the weakest with a bunch, mm-hmm. which uh, yeah. kind of, you know, diminished my overall rating. Yeah, so, for sure. yeah, hence it's a 7 out of 10. Yeah. yeah, 7 out of 10. That, that sounds fair. Yeah, 7 yeah. out of 10 for me too. Yeah, um, a lot of promise. But I think it did overreach in the end, so... Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Uh, next up, we'll be going back to the DC universe. So much DC this month. Yeah. Uh, I think they're really enjoying MCU's break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> taking full advantage. Taking of that. full advantage. <laughs> they better. You know, all the headlines have been like, oh, Ezra Miller, this Harley Quinn, that Birds of Prey coming out next month. You mm. know, so DC is having their moment in the spotlight when MCU is regrouping uh, post mm-hmm. post Endgame. Uh, so this new animated series about Harley Quinn. I think is of the main topics, uh, main topics that we're all discussing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is the best show. Yeah, that we that we are talking about. It's it's <laughs> such a triumph and one of the best new comedies of the year. Not just animated or yeah. or genre. It's yeah. just one of the best new comedies of the year. Uh, flat out <laughs> la. Yeah, it's very uh, you know this gloriously foul mouthed, uh, action packed, blood splattered adult cartoon that plays like a weird irreverent mix between like Animaniacs and and Deadpool. Um, although it's a lot smarter than Deadpool, it is a lot smarter, and and kind of has like elements of Lego Batman, obviously in it yes. as well. So it, it's kind of gory. Uh, the humor is always gut busting, like literal laugh out loud kind of humor. Yeah. Not just like oh, it's clever. <laughs> it's you know hilarious, like, and, <laughs> and and it's it's uh, this feminist uh, show that follows Harley Quinn as she breaks free from her toxic relationship with Joker to Correct. find her own way as a supervillain. Yeah. Uh, so she is helped by a sardonic best friend, uh, Poison Ivy. And her motley new crew. Um, so Harley is all about Harley Gross, uh, ha- Harley, Harley Quinn's growth, uh, and it's quite something to behold. Uh. Yep. Uh, when you identify your self esteem and your identity so intrinsically with your ex, it's difficult to move on from mm. the breakup, right? Yeah. Yes. And the show does a great job of telling that story within a, a comic, comical, and a comic book context. Yeah. Um, so it was actually created by these guys called Justin Halpin. Patrick Shoemaker and uh, Dean Laurie who have each individually written for The Incredibles The Boys Watchmen and Powerless mm-hmm. so postmodern disco- deconstructionist takes on comic book characters is something like that they do uh, yeah. yeah it's kind yeah. of a specialty uh, so with this R-rated Vench- Venture Brothers-esque spin on familiar oh, characters one, yeah. Venture yeah. Um, Harley Quinn is a comic adaptation for those of us who've grown up with comics and have had discussions about their more absurd elements. Mm. Um, it's fucking funny, it's ballsy, it's willing to take risks for better characters. Uh, and the voice acting is exceptional. Kelly Cuoco is. is really leaning hard into um, Harley's like very thick Brooklyn accent. Yeah. Uh, Alan Tudyk, who jumps from playing Mr. Nobody, Mr. Nobody on Doom Patrol to Joker here. Perfect. Perfect. Mm. Uh, the rest of the main cast is generally stacked. Uh, everyone from Giancarlo Esposito who is uh, Lex Luthor, Wanda Sykes, the Queen of Fables, yep. uh, Jacob Tremblay playing Damien Wayne. <laughs> Damien Wayne. Uh, especially funny <laughs> because they casted a younger voice to play a very young character. <laughs> He's so hilarious. Uh, you know, just to show how depth and lame he is. <laughs> yeah. uh, the stand-up performances I think actually belong to Lake Bell who plays Poison uh, Ivy, Poison Ivy yeah. and uh, James <laughs> Adomian who does a wicked uh, Dark Knight Rises Bane impression. Oh, uh, oh yes, 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 yeah. yes. Oh, Bane, Bane actually like kind of became sort of a standout character. He's like the food of the jokes like, throughout the entire he series. He is like uh, Toby in the office. Yes. Mm. Yeah, if the Legion of Doom was the office, <laughs> he is Toby. He is Toby. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody hates Bane. Yeah, every- <laughs> or at least this doesn't take him seriously. Uh. Ga- no, he's like Gary in Parks and Rec. Who is based on Toby in the office. Like, yeah, but because sure. Gary, because everybody shits on Gary. Right, no, right, no, yeah. Nobody really shits on Toby much, really. True, uh, they just don't think of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, like, this is like, everybody specifically has something stupid to say about Bane. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and all his like uh, evil villain master plans. Uh, <laughs> it's the worst. It's just based on like petty things gripes. that happen to him. Like a barista who spelled his name wrong. But then, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, funny. Or like he lost the bet in the Super Bowl, so he decided to blow up Gotham City, yeah, which is the Dark Knight <laughs> Which Riders, is the Dark Knight. <laughs> uh, so yeah, everyone has such a clearly defined uh, comical personality and yeah. clear arcs, even yeah. small characters. It's yeah. played to great comedic effect and emotional effect, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Harley's crew of Reject Supervillains has at least one amazing Amazing character specific gag Every episode Yeah Um. There is a wannabe Thespian Clayface Who oh. can literally Transform himself to anyone <laughs> But he's such actor. a bad actor <laughs> The worst actor uh, yep, uh, You have expert hacker King Shark King Shark who, <laughs> 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 who is Who is offended That his brains Have often been forgotten Because of his physique Physique lah yeah. yeah. uh, There is Dr. Psycho Who is ostracized Even from the Legion of Doom Because he said, he said uh, See you NT on TV <laughs> Twice And then he got me too And everybody Distance themselves from him. Yeah, uh, yeah they're all a riot, lah. And my but my favorite besides Hardy herself is, is Poison Ivy, okay. of the main characters yeah, who yeah. who just doesn't understand why her plans to save the environment is considered super villainy. Super villainy. Yeah. yeah, she's like you know I'm just saving the I'm environment. Just saving the environment, guys. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, her rela- unlikely relationship with Kite Man also that was so very sweet, surprising. Though. I've never seen. I think this is the first time a show has ever done Kite Man. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kite Man is famously from Tom King's run. Yeah. Kite Man help. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, hilarious, hilarious. Uh, he just whispers his name. That was yeah. so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, what are your like overall thoughts on the show? Ah, uh, there are so many great moments in this. Um, but honestly, I really love Damien Wayne mm. as Robin. One episode only, but very yeah, that one episode. episode. Yeah, <laughs> when I mean, I guess it's the Nemesis episode, lah. Yeah. Yeah, because. Uh, Harley super, super villains need to have a nemesis If not they just won't be popular They need a feud yeah, yeah. And Harley is trying to find, find a feud A feud with yeah. like she, So she's aiming big For like Superman And things like that And like all of them Don't take her seriously Which is great you Yeah know, Like yeah. Superman just like Laughing at her And just like flying off mm. And then Damien Wayne Takes over Yeah because I mean for the superhero side You know They also want A nemesis of yeah. Eco measure Yeah, yeah for, you know? for PR purposes Yeah so for Batman You know I mean for Damien Wayne It's like a, a good le- A good start like, you know, He's Harley trying Queen, to find like. someone yeah. yeah A bit of a gatekeeper villain <laughs> That he can move up But you know Damien Wayne is Horribly <laughs> overmatched <laughs> And Harley Quinn is just Insulted that the media Considers <laughs> Him the nemesis The nemesis yeah. And then he just leans into it And then there's this whole Like top reality show That's going on Something like Wendy You know Yeah Or, or Ellen Or, or Ellen But this is more like Because it's a black host Correct mm. yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's more like Wendy You know Wendy yeah. What's her name I can't remember what her name The black woman In yeah, whatever lah same same format lah, mm. you know, live TV. Mm. Then a bit of like that Jerry Springer kind of vibe, you know, where there's a lot of like uh, um, <coughs> mystery guests appears, you know, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, the gossip about the superheroes. Yeah, yeah, the gossips and all that stuff. So it's great. Um, however, the heart of the show is the growth of Harley. Yeah, the which, breakup lah, specifically. Yeah, which I felt was very well handled throughout. Mm. Um, and you can see the difference between Harley episode one and Harley episode eight. Mm. You know? But I like that she relapsed at the end. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Because so, you know, of course she would. Of course you you have to show that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and then when she relapsed and then when what happened to her after that, then you're like, oh shit. And she also realizes it at that moment. You mm. know? But by that time she had turned her back on her support structure. Yeah. Which are her new friends yeah. who also also abandoned her. Yeah. Uh, so now she's back alone lah. And this time she isn't just with the Joker, she has lost her 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 friends have helped her along the way as well. Mm. So it's a very good up. It was a very good up. Yeah. And so sad and like satisfying by the end, you know. Mm. You can't wait for the next season now. Can't wait for the next season, season yeah. two. Um, probably of the DC Universe shows, 
the ones that have taken themselves less seriously, like Doom Patrol mm-hmm. or Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. have probably been the highlights. Yeah. Uh, whereas Titans has kind of just been rubbish in the second <sighs> season. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing was kind of a thing of two halves. They sort of gave up after they were cancelled. <sighs> yeah, that was sad. Uh, so yeah. Don't I they, uh, they showed Swamp Thing in a crisis? Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Swamp Thing. Yeah, That's for like five seconds. He is. <laughs> for like, you're just sitting there. I know, it's like, why am I cancelled? Why am I cancelled? The rain pouring on his face. Uh, yeah, um, I would rate this 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'll give it 8.5. Okay. Yeah, 8.5. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Very highly rated of all the shows, that, yeah. uh, of the main topics this month. Yeah. Uh, is it time for, for your quick, quick hits? hits? It's time for quick hits. These are shows that all of us couldn't watch except his because, you know, he got, that's his job. My job, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do have to clarify that some of these quick hits is are from December. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't have time to talk about it in our... F- December when I December December yeah, yeah, got yeah. it. Uh, and it was already so long. Yeah. And I thought mm. you know maybe I'll just push a few since some of them sure, are sure, still sure. in cinemas and you still can stream them, so yeah. it's fine, right? Uh, first thing I want to talk about obviously is uh, one of our favorite shows. Um, it's an epilogue to Steven Universe, mm. a new show called Steven Universe Future. Mm. So after ending the Diamonds' uh, authoritarian reign uh, during the series' climactic change of mind arc, and after growing up with a fantastic uh, musical movie, yeah. uh, Steven Universe enters a new era, the final era that we will get to see, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, Rebecca Sugar calls it an epilogue. Uh, as the title implies, Future jumps forward a few years and finds a teen Steven committed to uh, rehabilitating damaged and or corrupted g- gems or evil gems. Mm. That's uh, nice. And yeah. helping them leave, live peacefully on Earth. Okay. Uh, because, you know, just because, you know, they made peace at the end of Steven Universe doesn't mean, like, they are rehabilitated or they know how to reintegrate into society. Oh, that's actually very clever. Yeah. Uh, but as utopian as that sounds, like, finding new purpose and moving on from trauma isn't easy. And Rebecca Sugar's kind series has always rewarded positivity, mm-hmm. but this epilogue uh, kind of painfully illustrates that change is really fucking hard, and, and and past mistakes will always come back to haunt you. And just because you want forgiveness doesn't mean you have earned forgiveness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a kind-hearted and empathetic series that rewards understanding and open-mindedness and positive positivity. But as Stephen matures, the show also becomes more mature. It hasn't abandoned its warm spirit, but Future is now more willing to harshly illustrate that true healing can only come when negative emotions are confronted, mm. not repressed. Okay. Which is what the initial series did, you know. Let's just be positive, be yeah. kind, forgive people. Mm-hmm. But negative emotions are bella and you can't just repress them, you have to address them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't move on from thousands of years of slavery and trauma just by agreeing to be better. It's a start, but here's where the real work begins. And, and for the gems, it's about adjusting to a new life where their roles aren't defined for them. You know, certain gems have certain specific duties. Now they don't know what to do because they have freedom, they're liberated, right? It's mm-hmm. akin to liberated slaves who are, of course, glad to have autonomy. But finding new purpose and defining yourself is a huge challenge without your previous structure, which you've come to know. Um, and it's even refreshing to see some former villains being unable to change. Mm. Uh, despite Steven's best efforts uh, to give them the benefit of the doubt, Steven has always been able to rehabilitate them, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Mm. Or other gems who can't move past their old ways. Um, the, <clears throat> the reason how something... Like, how can something that's always been okay suddenly not be okay is, is some of the old villains thinking, right? You know, yeah. They've been working within the system. Like, you imagine, like, soldiers in Nazi Germany and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, it's always been okay. That's your reason, uh, like... But, you know, it's not okay now. Yeah. How do they move past this? Um, this shows that that kind of fundamental growth isn't easy, shouldn't come easily. Uh, with Steven, his true pain is his mother. 
Mm. I think uh, his ideal picture of her is ruined uh, because she discovered that Pin- Pink Diamond has committed some truly um, horof- horrific, horrific things, yeah. uh, atrocities herself, and mm. and Stephen may have accepted what she did, what she did, but that wasn't enough. Um, he can't just put her away. Yeah. He has to confront her, confront it head on, and that means Stephen has to get angry, yeah. which Stephen doesn't get. And yeah. a lot, a lot of these episodes are spent on an angry, frustrated, uh, almost depressed Stephen. At at first, he recoils from this. He doesn't want that. He's Stephen. He's a kind boy, but yeah. he has to learn that his rage and disappointment is valid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he has to find a way to deal with it and process rather than repress it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, he must also learn to manage the huge responsibility he's taken on and not be overwhelmed by it. Adulthood comes with stress and compromises, and the Crystal Gems themselves must accept that Stephen also isn't a child anymore. Yes. He's growing to a young man, which means it's not the same carefree Stephen they've taken care of all these years. Mm-hmm. They also have to allow him to develop and, and mature. Yeah. Uh, and Stephen must also learn that his friends too are growing up and moving on. You know, Some of them want to move out of town, mm-hmm. some of them want to do other things, which leaves him feeling lost and directionless without the support structure here on his show. Uh, so true enough The show is really about adulthood yeah. and, and coming to terms With what it is yeah. um, Future is committed To seeing this Maturation journey Of Stephen True And I applaud Re- Rebecca Sugar For doing it Because she could have Easily ended On the happily ever after yeah. uh, Ending Oh we saved uh, Everyone The world is at peace now But this is a very uh, Interesting look At what happens After that Which mm-hmm. is just an, Just as important Yeah uh, and of course, as usual, the score and the musical numbers in the show remain spectacular. Yeah. The, the songs are so evocative and, and it does what a musical is supposed to do, express complex emotions that words cannot properly express. Uh, so, Steven Universe Future, uh, as is most of the show, is a 9 out of 10 for me. Oh, that's a high enough score. So just a, just a, um, yeah. something to chew on. Like, How do you feel about um, Future being the end of the franchise as we know it? Um... At first, I was actually resistant to Future because I thought Steven Universe had a really great ending. Yeah, so uh, if you ended with Change Your Mind. Change Your Mind. And, and maybe the movie was a nice like little cherry on top. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was unnecessary, but yeah. fun yeah. Uh, in its own right. But uh, Future showed me what Toy Story 4 showed me. Mm, that uh, just because I couldn't think of anywhere to go doesn't mean that there isn't anywhere to go. Yeah, like, okay. you know, yeah. like and it found a way to be necessary and to tell to say things that are new and also necessary. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, a lot of shows could have ended happily ever after, but what happens after that? You know, because it's very rarely happily ever after. Mm. How do you deal with it? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Future does a really good job of making itself feel necess- a necessary part of the story. That's cool. Even after the main story has ended. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Alright. Uh, Steven Universe Future is a 9 out of 10. But it isn't the most highly rated uh, <laughs> animated show. Or even the most highly rated Cartoon Network show I'll be talking about this month. Uh, the most highly rated one, or the one I recommend the most, even more than Steven Universe Future, is um, Season 2 of Infinity Train. Oh, okay. Uh, last year on this podcast, I gushed about you know the awesome new Cartoon Network series. Um, and just to give you some perspective of how... Highly, I think of it. I it actually outranked Steven Universe on my uh, best TV shows of 2019 list All last right. year, and it ranks it again this year. Uh, and considering how much I love uh, Steven, Steven Universe, Universe. It, it's hard to do lah. So, um, if you don't remember season one of Infinity Train, it follows a toffee old girl named Tulip, who runs away from home to attend a video game design camp. Mm-hmm. On the way, she finds herself aboard a seemingly endless train where each carriage or each car contains a separate universe. Uh, her quest to escape takes her through many surreal walls as she goes through the cars 
And the only way to escape each world is by solving a puzzle. Mm. But she's a coder, so she approaches problems logically and linearly. But each solution is actually emotion based. Mm. Uh, and each puzzle helps her understand or come to terms with feelings about her sadness of uh, her parents' divorce. So, so basically, it's about helping. Once she understands what her emotions are, then she can leave the car. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, season one wrapped up Tulip's arc beautifully. So beautiful. No ending and ended perfectly. So where does that leave season two, right? Yeah. So creator Owen Dennis has found a rather creative solution by following a new protagonists. Uh, so oh. Tulip isn't in the show at all. Uh, first protagonist that we introduced to is uh, okay. There was a car called Mirror World. Mirror World is where your reflections exist as sentient beings. Okay. So uh, in Mirror World, Tulip encountered Mirror Tulip, who is literally a sentient manifestation of Tulip's reflection. Uh, and Mirror Tulip is resentful of Prime Tulip because she's forced to do everything Prime Tulip does despite having a will of her own. Mm-hmm. She's forced to look and mimic a life that she can never have, right? It's a bit like uh, the underground people from us. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Uh, because of that, she breaks free. Uh, she decides to stay on the train while Tulip Prime returns home and find her own identity. So Mirror Tulip is the main character of of the new show uh, Mirror okay. Tulip is obviously different from Tulip she's harder she's angrier she's more impatient mm-hmm. uh, season 2 follows her journey as she befriends uh, and I don't know how to call it an Omega powered uh, deer uh, <laughs> called um, Alan Dracula uh, and she wait, comes wait, wait, what is his name again? The, the deer's name is Alan Dracula uh, alright yep <laughs> uh, he can do anything lah like he's Therefore literally he's, li- level, he's literally Franklin Richards la. but it's just that he's a deer and you can't really control him he can do anything within the train yeah within the train okay. anything he has like reality warping powers like the max la. the yeah. max the most powerful thing I've ever seen on like a cartoon show uh, and also he comes across a new kid trapped on a train named Jesse Cosse um, a 14 year old jock from Arizona who is loud and confident and has very different demons and personality from Tulip you know because Tulip is more introverted and he is very brash extroverted uh, Extroverted, exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, and and Jesse helps Mirror Tulip run away from something called the Mirror Police, a uh, police force from the Mirror World dedicated to hunting down rogue reflections, people, uh, reflections that have left. Supposed to, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Mirror Tulip helps Jesse understand or come to terms with some deep-seated, unaddressed emotional issue within himself, uh, as is you know the the point of the train. Uh, the season deals with uh, n- different themes from season one. This one is about identity, about friendship, about peer pressure. Uh, and, and the way they're presented is so creative and affecting. Um, Tulip blamed herself for her parents' divorce, but Jesse, on the other hand, feels shame for bullying people or hurting people close to him because he wants to fit in. Mm. You know, uh, That's the peer pressure element of it. Lah. Um, it's a fantastic arc that culminates with a really, really shocking ending that delves into the mythology of the train and its purpose. And, and, and most interestingly, that we find out that there are literally hundreds and thousands, if not millions of people on the train yeah, working stuck. through the issues that they are stuck. Uh, some of them decide to stay on the train because they are free of responsibility. You know, their numbers have gone up. Um, basically, you have a number on your hand. So, like, let's say 64, which was Tulip has. So, she has like, 64 different issues. You know, and then every train, you work out one, 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 go down. But some people have ballooned up to, like, in the billions or trillions because they just, like, let's embrace this, we'll lean into it. While other people are working to get out of it. Mm. So, there's a, a huge community of kids on the train. Or like, just there, like, like, really, like, rebellious kids who just, like, are there to have fun. Yeah. Who uh, actually takes Jesse away from Tulip. 
you know, uh, and tries to get him to be one of them, like you know, mm. like why try to reform? Let's just be who you are here. This is the place that allows you. There are millions of worlds where you can enjoy and just have fun. So that is kind of the peer pressure element that Jesse has That's always struggled against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really great show. Uh, with a great uh synth eighty soundtrack. <laughs> it's a nine point five out of ten for me. Oh, Oof. watching that. Very, very well done. Uh, and also much like Steven Universe, like ten minutes per episode. Such yeah. a quick watch. Very easy. All right. Yeah, and it has less of a back catalog than Steven Universe, so it's easy to get into. Mm. I oh, guess nice. if you okay. want to. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it also ends quite. Tightly, so I'm assuming season three will be based on a new character. That's uh, a, I like that format. That's an interesting format to go about. Yeah, yeah. I mean the show is called Infinity Train, you know, not like Two Lips Journey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, next up, I'll be quickly running through a few other things. This is an indie uh, film uh, from 2019. Uh, didn't come to Singapore cinemas, but it is available on DVD and VOD right now. It's directed by JD Dillard, uh, and it's called Sweetheart. Mm. It is a very effective, efficient, and engrossing low-budget indie creature feature. Mm. That makes the most of its limited, very small budget, limited resources to deliver deliver a blend of a uh, castaway and predator. What? <laughs> okay. Um, so Do you know what the budget is? Uh, it's less than a million. What? Yeah. It's okay. Very. Pra- they just basically made a rubber suit and a girl on an island. All right. That's it. So uh, it stars this uh, unknown Australian actress called Kirsty Clemens, who makes a, a delivers a star-making solo performance as a young woman who doesn't just have to survive the elements after finding herself stranded on a deserted island. You know, uh, catch food, build water, make shelter, etc. Uh, she must also fend off a mysterious amphibious monster that lurks beyond the shores. Aww. It is yeah, it's Castaway meets Predator basically. Yeah. Um, it's very streamlined. It's very simple. Uh, lean, mean genre exercise that's buoyed by great, amazing acting and resourceful filmmaking, mm. and great character work and very good horror. Uh, it's eight out of ten. A lot of it is dialogueless. Very well done. Nice. Yeah. What's next? Uh, I would like to talk about uh, a Shaun the Sheep movie. Oh, Farmageddon. nice. Yeah, how did that go? Uh, if you don't know, Shaun the Sheep is actually a spin-off of Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Uh, very famous uh, British. Um, Claymation uh, Claymation from uh, Artman Animations I think Yes uh, It is ve- This particular movie Once again Is very inventive And, and playfully visual It's a sequel To the 2015 Shaun the Ship Shaun the Sheep uh, Shaun of the Sheep uh, Shaun the Sheep <laughs> uh, I think I mixed up with Shaun of the Dead Shaun yeah. the Sheep Feature film uh, It expands the scope Of the original movie yeah. With a new story That extends way beyond The hedges of Mossy Bottom Farm uh-huh. uh, At and out of this world even um, Because it's about aliens yeah. uh, Even if it were not packed with delightful side gags Like the original film There is no dialogue in Shaun the Sheep The inventive and delightful sequences Seeded throughout uh, Farmageddon Would guarantee an appeal Way beyond the junior audience The mm-hmm. plot which centers on a visit From an adorable alien Who looks basically like an adorable Excitable blue tentacled puppy uh, Contains uh, nods to E.T. Uh, uh, Doctor Who 2001 A Space Odyssey The X-Files So there's a lot of references In its sidekicks And musical motifs uh, And it's just an absolute joy uh, Wonderful It's much like The Wallace and Gromit franchise It's never done anything wrong mm. Very very fun movie It's a 7 out of 10 And it's still playing In Golden Village And Shaw I believe So you can still catch it right now So it's still out Still out 7 right. out of 10 So ooh, That's yeah. not bad Yeah uh, Next up I'll be talking about Another indie film Once again Not released in Singapore Sadly um, but it is now available on uh, on demand online mm-hmm. or DVD or Blu-ray. It's called uh, "Tigers Are Not Afraid." Uh, this is directed by first-time Mexican director Isa Lopez, and it is a Spanish-language magic realist horror fantasy set in a border town of Mexico. 
It follows a group of orphan children, uh, victims of the country's drug war and and drug cartel violence. Uh, these children who live in extreme extreme squalor are not only haunted by a supernatural entity, but they are also haunted by a sadistic cartel boss. Uh, it is a poignant and incredibly affecting film. Um, Lopez's command of tone and mood and atmosphere is beautiful and masterful. Uh, tigers, are, tigers are not afraid. It's a child's eye view of both supernatural and man-made evil that combines socio-political allegory with dark fantasy elements, very reminiscent of uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth, mm. which did the same thing for war and a child's eye view of that. Uh, it's a scary fairy, fairy tale that is harrowing in its grim realism, yeah. but achieves incredible catharsis through the end uh, and through the fantastical. Uh, it's a definite recommendation. It's a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Uh, next up, I'll like, talk about an anime film called Ride Your Wave. It's about it's surfing. It's about... Sort of. <laughs> I mean, uh, sort of. <laughs> at the beginning, uh, sort of. Yeah. You watched it as well? Uh, I fell asleep. I was on the plane. I watched it on a plane. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I guess if you're on a plane, you can catch it as well. Yeah, what yeah. flight were you on? Uh, A&E. A&E, okay. So go right at A&E and watch right away. But <laughs> it's also available in Singapore cinemas. <laughs> uh, it's by this guy called Masaki Iwasa, who yeah. has kind of made a career of weird yet beautifully crafted anime. Uh, he's made things like Mind Game, which is very fun, mm. or something as brutally graphic as Devilman Crybaby. Mm. So you know you're in for a ride when it comes uh, when his name comes on the credits, lah. Um, at first glance, his newest feature, Right Your Wave, may seem like his most accessible yet. It mm-hmm. it offers an emotional and eye popping visual feast that is charming and touching and funny. Agreed. It's about uh, Hinako, a college student who loves to surf, as yeah. Adi mentioned. Uh, we also meet Minato, a small town firefighter. Trainee, uh, who is always trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, there's this adorable meet cute moment that there comes is. when Minato rescues Hinako from her burning apartment building. How did she burn her house? Oh man, I forgot. Um, yeah. But basically, the first act of the film pretty much serves as your standard romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dealing with Hinako and Minato becoming a couple. But Iwasa does his own spin on it by focusing on visuals instead yeah. of dialogue. Yeah. Um, through a series of vignettes, we see highlights of the relationship. That's cute. How their differences and mutual love for water yes. <laughs> brings them together. <laughs> um, of course, such a happy relationship in the in the early stage can't of the film be so perfect. can only lead to tragedy. Of course, yep. right? It is enemy after all. Uh, and after a tragic accident forces the newfound lovers apart, mm. I won't spoil it, but I guess you know what I say when it's tragic accident. Yeah. Uh, the film quickly becomes a poignant exploration of grief and yep. the difficulty of moving on. Yep. Uh, that this just happens. Uh, this happens just as the characters discover that by singing along to their favorite song, they can meet each other. They can they can magically be together again. Yeah. As long as water is involved, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a plot straight out of uh, 90s rom-coms. Yeah. Uh, like, I can imagine Sandra Bullock being in this or something. Or like Meg Ryan. Uh, you know? Yeah, something like that. You like know? City of Angels. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the film kind of embraces the cheesiness of it, it all. It does, uh. it does. The characters know how ridiculous this sounds, uh, but their chemistry in the first act is so it's palpable really yeah. that you, can, you can't help but sympathize with their pain yeah. and want them to be together again. Like. Yep. The second act becomes one of loss and pain as the color palette becomes a bit duller yeah. and muddier and the yeah. pace gets slower and the music becomes more somber so the third act of Ride Your Wave then becomes one of healing and moving on uh, right? moving on yeah as the story explores, explores the main character's past and what yeah. led them to become who they are it's you beautiful know? deep done yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of interested in what it means to truly quote unquote save mm-hmm. someone uh, not only in a physical way but in, in simple acts of kindness that can impact a person in ways that you can't imagine yep. uh, it is a predictable enemy predictable uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it qu- but it be, it's charming and it's heartfelt got heart la. 
Yeah, mm. uh, and um, with realistic and likable characters that may even teach you something about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is very predictable. It is so predictable. Yeah, uh, which is why it's a seven out of ten. Yeah, because I fell asleep, so yeah, I give it a seven out of ten also. But you guess all the plot points. Because it's predictable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I woke up, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, I know what's happening. <laughs> like yeah. immediately, I could like catch on already. Catch on, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can fill in the blanks though. Yeah, but it's so nice. Like the 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 way that the waves, are, you know, the water is mm-hmm. animate animated. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's just beautifully done la. It's a really beautiful anime la. Okay uh, Let's quickly go through The next one Which is a reboot Of Ju-On Called The Grudge, the Grudge. It's a new Grudge Not Wait who, who made this? Uh, it is by uh, Nicholas Pesci Oh Okay Yeah Joe there, 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 there <laughs> Yes Joe Pesci No it's spelled differently oh, okay. P-S-E-H-E Oh okay, okay. Yeah uh, Not I okay, um, okay. So The Grudge If you remember in the mid 2000s right There was a remake There was a Hollywood remake This yeah. is a remake of that remake Huh Yeah so, Well this can't be good So it's a reboot of the Juan mythology uh, And of the Japanese horror franchise It introduces new characters and new ghosts oh, Okay uh, Korean ghosts? No um, <laughs> But but uh, There are some exciting elements To play with Oh okay Yeah uh, The new movie is uh, A bit more violent mm-hmm. uh, Gorier And an R-rated version Of, uh, of The Grudge uh. Uh, It stars John Cho And Betty Gilpin From Glow uh, John Cho is not from Glow John Cho is from A lot of other things <laughs> uh, with re- Who have really good performances uh, Pesci establishes Multiple overlapping storylines Which make for an intriguing setup As different families Are affected by The quote-unquote Grudge But his uh, ambitious ideas Can't Take off due to just a really bad screenplay, just like terribly bad. Uh, in the end, it just becomes a really boring, pointless reboot full of John's cares, which is unfortunate. So look forward to another reboot in five years' time, uh, <laughs> This guess. is a two out of ten. Ayo, oh, yeah. I uh, mean, you don't really expect much for a reboot of a reboot. Yeah, I know, right? You know I mean? so Unless sad. you change the script dramatically to. Uh, okay, never mind, uh, yeah, two out of yeah, ten. yeah. That so just just avoid this at all costs. Okay, okay. I will. Uh, next up, uh, I'll be talking about uh, Wellington Paranormal, which uh, is back for a second season. How did this go? Uh, although what we do in the shadows is a more direct American sequel on FX. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't the first TV spin-off of Taka Watiti's horror comedy universe. That title belongs to New Zealand's Wellington, Wellington Paranormal. Paranormal. Mm. Uh, the police procedural parody continues to follow inept officers Minok and O'Leary as they investigate <laughs> the supernatural forces plaguing the Kiwi capital, uh, ranging from this time they got sea monsters and satanic schoolgirls and, and, and a haunted Nissan and uh, <laughs> a, a, a sentient uh, Nokia uh, 3210 is weird. Uh, I think Reno 911 meets uh, the X-Files and you kind of get why, why this, this lo-fi mockumentary is such a high laugh quota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing revolutionary but the comedy is effective and it's a very charming low-key show of dry kiwi humour. So it's a 6.5 out of 10. I've never known what dry kiwi humour is until Taika Waititi. Until Taika Waititi, mm. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, drier than British humour, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so here's the thing. Um, I would recommend The Grudge over this next movie. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because wow. yeah. it will make The Grudge seem like a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the latest big screen adaptation of a classic uh, children's story so uh, about a vet who talks to animals. And it's an abs- this, this whole movie called Doolittle. Can I say that children will enjoy this tremendously? Really? Yeah. I think so. I feel that just because it's so st- fucking stupid. I don't know. I, I, a lot of the kids seem very bored. I had like a couple of families walk out of like my screening. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, it's bad lah. It's yeah. really bad lah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it stars Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and it's an absolute pile of shit. Um, it, <laughs> it is lah. Like RDJ, like veers dangerously into Johnny Depp 
level self parody here. What the fuck was he doing with uh, that accent? And, and this whole movie just like splats on the screen like horseshit. <laughs> with zero laughs and no charm. The super cringe movie. Uh, no redeeming value. Zero. There's nope. nothing redeeming about this at all. It's a nope. zero out of ten for me. There's not. Wow. I cannot. I cannot defend it. I mean, I was asleep for most of the movie. Mm. To be fair, but when I woke up, I was just what is happening? Oh, what? The CGI animals were really badly done. Mm-hmm. The the script didn't make any sense. Okay, maybe because I fell asleep lah. But did it make sense to you? Mm. Right? But you know who I thought was not bad? Antonio Banderas. Sure, yeah. Um, and Michael Sheen. The Oscar-nominated actors Antonio Banderas and Michael Sheen. Antonio Banderas, if you want to watch a good Antonio Banderas movie, go watch Pain and Glory. Yeah, please Spanish do that. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Sheen is in a ton of good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like his, his you don't need to watch this to get these two guys. Character actor, actor uh, Martin <laughs> Sheen, right? Uh, <laughs> Michael Sheen. Right? Michael Sheen. Martin yeah. Sheen. Also a very good actor. Yeah. <laughs> the West Wing? The West Wing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So those were the only two guys I thought. Cause our DJ Sunny was doing this weird accent that's Welsh mm. apparently. Yeah, I googled it as Welsh. I think the character is meant to be Welsh. Oh, is it? Yeah. What the fuck was that? It was so bad. Yeah. Like at the first, uh, like the first five minutes, uh, okay, maybe, maybe not bad. This one, you know, when they were going through like his backstory that his wife died. Last sorry, spoiler alert, whatever. <laughs> his wife died, and then he became this recluse like um hermit and all that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, that's quite promising. And then no, it just went downhill from there. Yeah, I know, man. So sad. Yeah, so sad. Uh, so what sad. a waste of time. For a returning RDJ, you know? Uh, post-MCU and RDJ, so it doesn't yeah. quite bode well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I hope he gets a project like The Judge or something, you know? The Judge? The He was in The Judge, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when he was playing... Uh, well, RDJ actually has just one archetype that he plays. Mm-hmm, an mm-hmm. asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does it really well. Yep. Yeah, so the judge, you know, the what the one with uh, Zach the kind of dude it. Mm-hmm. You know, those are like fun little things that he did on the side while waiting for Iron Man. I I guess. Yeah, I I guess he needs more of those kind of things rather than this shit, lah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't bode well. It's a it, it's a paycheck, it's Yeah, a paycheck it is a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the final show I'll be talking about is uh Netflix's first Malaysian Mandarin language original series. Mm, how did this go? The Ghost Bride. Mm. Uh, it is based on a best-selling 2013 novel of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show and the novel draw upon the Chinese superstitious practice of uh, practicing ghost marriages, which involves a living person, quote-unquote, marrying someone deceased. Uh, the ghost bride centers around a young Chinese woman in 1890s colonial Malacca, mm-hmm. who, is, uh, who is considering this kind of ghost marriage, but starts unraveling a broader mystery around her prospective husband's death. Um, she begins to suspect that he was murdered. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's a kind of a murder mystery as well as a supernatural romance. Uh, this distinctive premise gives the show uh, significant creative potential, which it uses to craft an ambitious but very <clears throat> rocky uh, narrative. <laughs> uh, but the the good news is that it's very well designed. Uh, oh, okay. It's the the ghost world and the real world and the spiritual world. Yeah. They're all very well designed. And given Netflix's very deep pockets, it's not surprising that the strongest dimension is the production design. That's good. The costumes and the sets of nineteenth century Malacca look fantastic. That's good. On the other hand, jumping between these worlds and the different subgenres like mystery, romance, and good. horror. Yeah, can make it make it feel a bit messy and unwieldy at All times. Right. Um, it doesn't completely hobble the series, okay. but it does blunt its emotional resonance. Uh-huh. Um, overall, it is more of a Taiwanese romance soap opera uh-huh. than a drama uh, or a genre show. But uh, it's fun, low commitment, low brain energy viewing. Very soft recommend. Uh, five point five out of ten. So, it's a series of how many episodes? Uh, ten. 
Wow, that's a lot of episodes. I know. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, so okay, next up, finally, um, the new My Hero Academia movie is out. Yes. It is called Heroes Rising. It is not a prequel like the last time. Nope. Oh, it's not a prequel. Like the last time, last movie was set in between. In between seasons, seasons yeah. This yeah. one is set far in the future. So oh, well, at least it, a couple seasons down. It's far into the future from the anime. From the anime, yeah. Yeah, but it's pretty. I mean, it's it's just after what takes place takes place in the manga. Okay. Right now, so uh, for manga readers, it's kind of like just kind of the next step that they're mm. going to that. So a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of people, uh, especially those who can't wait for another season of anime to come out, uh, they've basically, if you've gone on to read the manga, then this was what everybody has been kind of like looking forward to since it was announced. So the manga ends with graduation. Uh, the manga ends. I think right now they are in the midst of the graduation arc, if I remember correctly. Okay. Right. So this is kind of like, um, internship. Part two, mm. the next stage of the internship where they actually get to do everybody's qualified as a hero now, yeah, uh, and all of that. the The thing is about this movie is that it's going to be very hard to talk about anything specific, as, given that it's not going to come out uh, in Singapore for another couple of months, mm. and uh, also might spoil the show. Yes, it will spoil. The, like the majority of what happens in the movie are all spoilers, right? Okay, yeah. uh, but essentially, uh, we are fast tracking forward. To um to the end when uh, the whole of one uh, A is kind of done with the class, uh, they've been assigned a project whereby they have to carry out their hero duties on an isolated island outside of uh, outside of Japan. Huh? Uh, I mean, in Japan, but outside of, of where they are usually at. Um, oh, okay. or, so they are no longer based in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So they're based based on an island, and uh, the majority of the story starts there. Uh, you get to see everyone pretty much, but uh, we're obviously deferring amounts of screen time. Yeah. Uh, some I of mean, our within one A, so you have like your main guys, and then you yeah. have your sub guys, and then you guys who are just there. Yeah. So uh, like invisible girl. Yeah. In a lot of ways, like if you don't read the manga, it does feel as though this. Um, this whole movie is kind of a spoiler, right? Because yeah, now, yeah. like uh, Midoriya and Bakugo and all yep. of that, like, are, are much, much more powerful. More powerful. Than I mean, that's not so much a spoiler because Deku's always said that he's the greatest hero. Yeah, yeah and, and this is the beginning. My story. This is his story, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, we are very close at the beginning of the movie to Deku being as close as he can be to full power. Okay. Right. Uh, but he's still just trying to bridge that last couple of percent. Okay. You know, for his uh, for his uh, powers, and uh, he's still trying to understand why is it that you know after so much work and all the experience, and all the fighting that he's done, um, he hasn't quite hit that yet. He right? hasn't reached the all might level yet. Yeah, he hasn't unlocked the full capabilities of that. Mm, he's most might. Uh, yeah, he's, he's most might. He's, yeah. he's <laughs> largely might. Largely might. Uh, largely he's largely might right yeah. now. And um, so there's a new there's a new villain <laughs> uh, that was created specifically for for the movie for this movie. Okay. Um, who it, he's called Nine, and he he he's basically the foil. Of course, you still have the guys from League of Villains kind of like popping up. Oh, they're still around. They're the still around, and they still have, it's still a side story, right? Like oh, yeah, that yeah, hasn't yeah. really kind of like uh, worked itself out whether you're talking about in the anime or in the manga. They itself. need to give up. They suck. Oh, uh, fucking but up. But they also have well, a also like much like Midoriya. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So like we'll kind of see. Um. So nine is a, basically an inheritor of, uh, or he believes himself to be the inheritor of uh all for all one's for one. legacy. Oh. Uh, and he also has certain like uh powers that are reminiscent of what all for one can do. I won't go into details about how he gets those powers and all that because that's that's a big part of the storyline okay. that goes into that. Uh, but needless to say, once again our shonen protagonist, uh, and I say protagonist this time around because, uh, we. 
do explore uh, Midoriya's um, relationship with Bakugo in a much deeper level, right? Uh, the amount of shipping that has gone on since the movie has been released has been kind of insane, uh, with good reason as well. So I'm just gonna say that um, the two of them and their relationship deepens uh, to a much no, deeper kidding. degree. <laughs> there is a lot of tension, oh, which is, has given birth to a lot of shipping okay. uh, between the two of them. But um, uh, this movie has redeemed uh, uh, Bakugo in my eyes, right? Like in terms of. Uh, I've never liked him as a character. He's but very linear sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he's a straight-up foil in a lot of ways, right? He's, yeah. he's the v- rival character, but yeah. this is the first time that uh, you really do see him as a rival. Okay. And uh, once again, Midoriya has to make decisions to protect the people around him, uh, as he has done consistently over over the, the course of his uh, career, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> and it's a big decision this time around that leads him to perhaps... One of the most amazing enemy fights I've ever seen. All right, yeah. uh, with some very, very bold, creative, and artistic choices. Okay, uh, at, uh, and at the same time, extremely, um, extremely, uh, they pay a lot of tribute to a lot of great enemy fights of the past. Okay, just wondering. I mean, this is a stupid question, yeah. uh, but I'm just gonna ask. They are both the same creators, right? The movie and the series. Oh yes, yes, okay. yes. Same studio, same everything. Same studios, yeah. Everything. Same same writer. Because uh, I was just going to say that this season of My Hero has been great. Uh. This arc is the f- is a fan it's favorite. My favorite. The overall, yeah. the overall oh, time. arc has been hyped up since the show started. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, I'm glad that we finally saw it. it recently wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. recently. Uh, yeah. I mean, half the the, the first half lah. I guess. The over- overhaul. Overhaul's done. done. No, I mean yeah, overhaul, yeah. but yeah. I mean the, they're continuing, right? There's another. Ah, yeah, there's yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. Like specifically the overhaul. Arc the overhaul, been like, yeah. oh, you have to watch this. Yeah. <coughs> whatever, you know. I think they did really good. A really good job on the overhaul. Yeah. So like um. Well, I, it was a couple of weeks ago, so I don't guess it's a spoiler. The, that overhaul fight, yeah, was great. Yeah, it was. right. In anime, it was great. It was. Yeah. Time style. Uh, I'm gonna say a thousand. <laughs> like it's insane how crazy the fight actually is. All right, all right. You right. Budget, more time to storyboard, etc. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's, exactly. it's huge. Seeing it on the big screen with the surround sound and all of that is pretty mind blowing. I have to all say. Right, I guess I have to right? watch it when like, it comes out. Um, for, yeah. So like the overhaul fight was really really good. The Mob Cycle final, Mob Cycle season two final season fight was really really yeah. good. This yeah. surpasses all of that. Yeah, I mean there history. is there are differences between TV and movies, la. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean theater will always be bigger, bangier, and yeah, yeah, and you have more time to produce it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um. So all in all, it was extremely satisfying. That's good to see this movie, right? Uh, yeah. uh what was even more special? I I didn't uh there, I watched this in Japan, so there were no subtitles. Right, so I actually watched the first run of this with no subtitles at all. Whoa. Um, I did not struggle to understand what was going on. I mean, like, I have been watching anime for years. Yeah. My Japanese is uh, sort of possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. here and there. So, um, but even then, right, I felt like it was easy to comprehend, and that is a testament to how good the storytelling was mm-hmm. on a on a visual level. Um, yeah, highly highly recommend. I mean, I'm a huge fan of my Hero Academia, as are all of us over here. Mm. Uh, and I, I may be biased, right? Just uh, but easily nine out of ten for me. All right, nice, Great. nice. Yeah, can't wait for March when it comes to Singapore and we can watch it. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll probably be encore entertainment. You know, they always bring in the the anime movies. Yep, yep. Yeah. I think they recently brought in the Violet Evergarden movie as well. So yes. It's probably gonna Get be some them. Passes, huh? Actually, come I try on. that. I try. You try. Yeah. 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 We believe in you. Yeah, and now you can watch it with uh, subtitles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And now you're like, oh, okay. that's what I'm saying. Ah. Oh, this name. Okay. <laughs> it would be hilarious if like your my yeah, review completely changes. Re- yeah, it's right. <laughs> oh my god, that sucked. <laughs> I take back my nine. 
<laughs> no, but uh, I mean like just on the strength of the fight scene, visuals, the visuals, the visuals alone, right. like yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. To the end of this episode, uh, uh, bringing back the pool list, we didn't have one last month. I'll be talking about a new comic book by N. K. Jemisin, mm-hmm. who I've talked about a lot actually because her Broken Earth trilogy of novels made history mm-hmm. by winning the Hugo Award Best Novel three years in a row. Yep. First book in the trilogy won Best Novel. Second book next year won Best Novel. Third book won Best Novel. I've never seen any fantasy writer do this. It's never been done. She's an amazing writer. Well, now she is. Surprisingly though, uh, Jemison has made the jump from books into comics, comics uh, with a Green Lantern spin-off called Far Sector. Uh, it follows a new lantern named Joe Mullen. M- M- I don't know how to pronounce it because I'm reading. Joe, let's call her Joe. Joe was a female protagonist. Female protagonist mm. who is who is a former NYPD cop. Uh, unlike the other more famous Green Lanterns, she's kind of stationed countless light years away from Earth on a strange planet where emotions have been forbidden in order to reduce crime. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. we've seen this kind of story before. Star Trek, etc. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the book is essentially a gritty police procedural and a crime noir. That delivers on the space cop potential that Green Lantern Corps has always promised, but, but never, never delivered. That never way. delivered. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, this is this is kind of like 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 what Nanki Jemison wants to do is the shield or the wire in space, and you kind of oh. get the idea. Um, as Did I it work though? Yes, uh, as I mentioned, it follows. Uh, she's a new recruit yeah. called Joe. She spends the first six months on the job protecting uh, this place called uh, the City Enduring. So there's a beat, lah. Yes, that's a beat. The city enduring is a beat. It's a it's a bustling sci-fi setting, uh, that is shocked to its core by a violent murder. It's first in centuries after swearing of emotions. Uh, as Joe continues her investigation, this unfeeling cosmic world, she realizes that the murder itself could threaten the stability of the entire metropolis and its billions of denizens. As centuries, century-old um, societal and political tensions begin to rise up because of this murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time they're feeling these emotions that. Honestly, just been repressed uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know. Uh, the planet is made out of three races of warring aliens, who now live live in peaceful harmony for hundreds of years already. Uh, millennia, basically oh, generations. Millennia, okay. uh, but uh, way back, uh, their war devastated each of their respective societies. Then this sudden spurt of violence has sparked old class divisions and tribalism, and it's come back to the forefront. Mm. Yeah, just as interesting is Joe's own personal journey because she's not just a space cop. She is um a black woman who quit the NYPD during the Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, you know when it, that was happening across America in twenty sixteen, yeah, yeah. I believe. Yeah, so ago. she actually left the force because of that. Uh, so she's someone who has a healthy distrust of any and all police organizations, and she's doing everything she can to fight the good fight on her own terms, lah. Mm-hmm. So she's trying. To serve and protect But yeah. at the same time Also distrustful Of the Green Lantern Corps Because you know She sees it as another Police organization right. Yeah yeah. So her own personal experiences Influence her policing For better and for worse um, The idea of Green Lantern Corps As a space cops uh, Kind of series Has always fascinated me Because that's what they are yeah. But for like Since its inception Nobody's ever done anything With that idea no. I've only read the about story is very cosmic very, yeah. Yeah. I've read about them Fighting these massive Intergalactic beings And all that Over the, and over again yeah. Over and over again la. So this delivers The the hard-boiled Detective cosmic noir Which is a new thing uh, Love it That I've always wanted The Green Lantern to be la. So okay. it, it delves deep Into the real essence Of uh, what policing is In a melting pot society mm. uh, Where an understanding Of race, class And historical injustice Plays a big factor In helping you understand How to keep the peace Unlike what Daenerys did uh, so, <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck, but you got a shot at GOT. <laughs> they came out left yeah, fuse, yeah. yeah. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> see, see, but fair, fair, fair. But fair, yeah, yeah, yeah still okay. fair, yeah. The entire marine out. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so, um, this is a 7.5 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. The only reason I'm not rating it higher, higher yeah. is because it's only been three issues. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm liking what I've seen so far. But All this right. is the potential to be one day a 10 out of 10 series. La. Oh. Once he has enough of back catalog, then, you know, he can go through arts. Like Sega? Like Sega, for example. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for now, 7.5 out of 10. Bar, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for now, very good. Has the potential to reach even higher because you know you're just like kind of building and seeding all these things mm, and haven't yeah. kind of quite see it bear fruit yet, lah. So. But definitely go go read it right now. Uh, go to your local comic shops, guys. Yep. Support okay. local. Comics. Uh, next month we actually have a pretty light schedule as well. Yay. But probably the most emotionally invested of any of our episodes, I'll be <laughs> in, because uh the day that you're listening to this um. The two greatest genre comedies of all time will be ending on the same day. Mm. The Good Place and Bojack Horseman yep. air their final episodes at the same time on the same day. It's going to be very exciting slash depressing. Well, yes. thank God for streaming. Yeah, thank God for streaming. Yeah, so uh, we'll be talking, of course, about Good Place and Project Horseman, mm-hmm. final seasons mm-hmm. and legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Birds of Prey movie, the mm. the emancipation of uh, Harley Quinn. So I heard that uh, there's a embargo, right? Yeah, but there's embargo. I mean, it's normal, lah. Yeah. yeah. But why is it? Why is this one like stranger than usual? Oh, because you know people want to shit on DC, lah. So ah. every little thing is like, oh, embargo means no. Because good. I know every movie has an embargo. So why? Why? What's the difference? They're just focusing on yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so there's no difference, lah. It's just an embargo, lah. Every comic book movie is embargoed because they. It's they want to wait for the release to come we out. We live in a spoiler that. culture, lah. Yeah, like exactly. And comic book movies are more affected by spoilers than Correct. let's say your art house movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's nothing special about it, right? Just a normal. No, no, no. Right? It's just like uh, the usual Marvel DC tribalism that exists out yeah. there. Tell them calm the fuck down. Oh, DC EU sucks. Everything they make sucks. You know. I mean, not blah. everything. Look sucks. at this. Go embargo. But when Marvel has embargo, it's like oh, because we are so good, we don't want to re- like spoil it. Oh my god! Yeah. It's just a matter of it's point of view, thing. Yeah. Guys, Marvel has money to make a campaign. Stop this tribalism. Yeah. Stop this tribalism. Yeah. Read Fast Actor. Read Fast Actor Yeah Or Watch The Expense um, <laughs> Watch The Expense is also good Also we'll be talking about Lock and Key Which is a new oh, Netflix mm, series Based on Joe Hill's Famous comic yeah, book yeah, yeah. Uh, Horror yeah. uh, Joe Hill is uh, Stephen King's son If mm-hmm. you don't know He just changed his name Like Nicholas Cage did To yeah, yeah. avoid any To avoid his The shadow of his father Correct Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway He still lives in it anyway yeah. uh, Then I'll be talking about A new movie called Bloodshot One of our ver- uh, I'm watching that Valiant Comics' First um, big screen adaptation Starring yeah. Vin Diesel uh, there is I mean it doesn't look that good On the trailers no, To be oh, honest No it's not going to be good yeah. It's a Vin Diesel movie uh, And then you have uh, Underwater Which stars Kristen Stewart Which I'm is basically um, Alien Underwater I love Kristen Stewart what it looks like So uh, There is actually um, A high school drama mm? Set in uh, Norway Mm-hmm. Uh, called Ragnarok Where it turns out oh, A yeah, bunch yeah, of high school yeah. students Are reincarnated uh, deities. As the deities la. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that, that sounds fascinating Yeah I'm gonna watch that too Yeah uh, And then I've already seen this But I'm pushing it to next month sure. Because I wanted to give it A bigger spotlight uh, And an animated show On Netflix Called Kipo and the Age Of Wonder Beasts Ooh That's um, really good oh, Very okay. very 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 good yeah. I'm gonna, I yeah. haven't watched mm. it Very very good I just didn't want Kipo To be like overshadowed By Infinity Train And Steven Universe This month Ah, Yeah, yeah okay. so I'm just gonna Push the review It's definitely not gonna be Overshadowed by Bloodshot yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he <laughs> has a, like more of a chance to like stand <laughs> out next one. To stand out next one. Okay, get it. Uh and uh, in the poll list I'm re- I'm currently reading um uh, a a guide, a survival guide uh-huh. uh called How to Invent Everything for the Stranded Time Traveler. So hmm. uh it's basically what if you are sh- stranded in this era, this is how you build something. It's very matter of fact. There's manuals and shit. It's quite Do- funny. Basically Dr. Stone. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Stone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very Dr. Cool. Stone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so till <laughs> next time, this has been a Hitzer. I'm Hadi. I'm Isa. Goodbye, guys. Thank you.